Dr. CB. Danny, we back. We back. Back again, coming live from Le Chateau. Le Chateau de Arborescence. Arborescence, Le Trees. You know, I was wondering, wow. Are lots of people in the crowd today? Yeah. Wow. Many more people than I would have anticipated. <laughs> than you see with your eyes? Yeah. Yeah, I see one other human in this whole room. Nope. Wow. Tens of thousands. Man, that is exciting. Applause feels good. It feels like it encourages me to continue. Maybe shut it down. <laughs> Maybe we're done. Maybe we're applause done. one minute, crickets the next. Man, it is the, the chateau is a volatile space. Yeah. It can switch quickly. Yeah. Well, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon to you, Dunny. Man, it's exciting to be back on a quick and nerdy. Yeah. Quick and nerdy. We back. Yeah. Speaking of, you know, we dropped our We Back episode, it must have been about a month ago now, yes. huh? Yes, yes, sir. Yeah, announcing that we're back, we got some applause on there, we also had some womp womp womps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we definitely... That button's going to get worn out? That's going to be done quick, <laughs> for sure. But man, it was good. So we had covered a bunch of things in that episode, right? Just covering like the last six months and yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. So before we follow up on that, I did get a lot of positive feedback on the Colleen Cooley episode. Oh, man. Such a good message. Yeah. Yeah. People asking for more information, people checking in about uh, what she's addressing relative to the canyon, rights, yeah, yeah, connection to the plants and animals around us. Yep. Mm-hmm. For sure. And so, yeah, for any of our listeners who haven't had the opportunity to check out that episode, we'd certainly want to point you in that direction. Yeah, highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. Yeah. And then also go follow Colleen on Instagram and see what she's up to. Yeah. Continue and do some good stuff. Yeah. Also, since that time, um, I think the NBA championships, did they go on? Yeah. There's this really funny thing that happened when we recorded last the Suns were up 2-0 and you said do you have faith in the Suns or something like that and I was like no there's no way well I was shocked by your lack of faith I really yeah was not invested <laughs> but, well your surprise and my lack of faith was yeah was validated yeah because <laughs> what they proceeded to do is go ahead and rattle off four straight losses <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah and so uh yeah, all that sons and four, sons and it was like sons and two. And now it's next like sons in twenty twenty two. But the truth is, I'm gonna be sixty eight next time they're in the finals. <laughs> Just based on history. Just based on history. What was that stat? I, I gotta tell you, man. We yeah. got thrown under the bus by Willie Mack. He yeah. said uh, that we jinxed them. What was that stat you had about how many seasons they're having uh, uh, the collective professional sports <laughs> of Arizona? Yeah. Like some like like several hundreds, right? Yeah, it's like 230 something. And yeah. then what was it like three championships or four appearances and four. one championship? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Four appearances and yeah. one championship. And just think about those appearances. Like, um, so the Suns, right, in 93, um, got smoked by the Bulls. Apparently the Suns in the 70s before I was born got smoked. You got the Cardinals who blew that game against the Steelers, right? <laughs> and then you have the Diamondbacks who, like, pulled one out of their bum bum to actually <laughs> pull the championship back to Arizona. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable stuff. Yes. So, crazy. Shout out to all the jaded fans in Arizona. We've been through a lot. Yeah. 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 So, Suns and Two, moving right along because everyone loves to hear two dudes talk about sports, we say. Yeah. Yeah. Man, here's the next thing, right? What? 
we got put on blast by the homie Taylor Oster for taking a word that Gen Z so beautifully developed and just butchering it. Oh, dude, we got, it wasn't like that was, we got put on blast by Taylor, but we got put on blast by like (laughs) five or six people. Yeah. That's the truth. Lighting us up for that. Yeah. What the, what is Coogee? (laughs) Well, I'm sticking with it, man. See, oh, are you going down I, with the I, I ship? Like you watch that fine line trying yeah. to appease them, them Gen Zers. Yeah. Dude, I'm just holding fast. I'm in my boomer status. Yes. I'm going with Kuji. So you're just, the ship is sinking and you're going down with it? <laughs> oh, yeah. You're just going to be throwing haymakers going into that water? <laughs> yeah, dude. Are you, are, are you retreating? Are you going to Chugi? Oh, it's definitely Chugi. Yeah, I feel like a. <laughs> Ding dong for saying Kuji and spelling Kuji on our uh, Instagram. <laughs> like if we didn't if we didn't already look dumb for saying Kuji, spelling Kuji made it even worse. Oh man, this is where I feel bad for you. Yeah, because <clears throat> like for the, the couple of years of difference, I've just given up on trying to like maintain any semblance of uh, yeah of being being hip or yeah. Oh, I admire your conviction and just sticking with it. It's like, I'm wrong and I'm going to be wrong and I'm going down with it. Yeah. I actually think they're wrong. I think I'm right. (laughs) Oh man. A whole army of Gen Z's coming your way. Man. They're going to be talking about my hairline. Yeah. All kinds of starter jackets from the nineties are coming your ways. It's going to be awesome. Is that the thing now? Yeah, man. They're back. So we went from the Counting Crow concert to now we got that, that puffy starter jacket that that's like, uh, made four times larger than yeah. the width of the person. Yeah, they're back, man. I love it. It's great yeah. seeing the 90s back. I love that. Oh, man. No doubt. That's scary. That puts you in the twilight zone, yeah. no doubt. That's scary. So moving on from Coogee to Chugi, <laughs> Ted Lasso. <laughs> Another update. <laughs> this, is a, this is like rehashing way back. Yeah. So, yeah. so, but no, Ted Lasso, how good is season two? Oh, man, I'm enjoying it. It seems like they're touching on some things. Ah, oh, man, I, I see some character conflict coming up. Yeah, I really appreciate your take thus far. It seems like you're 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 looking into something, seeing something uh, yeah. develop here. I saw that you put on here for me to go into my theory. Yeah. And, dude, that's not what a five does. A five hangs on to the theory, and then after it's proven right, then the five's like, yeah, Told I you. theory. Told you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to go on record. Oh, man. Summarizing my theory. I'm trying to get you out there, and I hope that the show just goes in a totally different direction. And then you're stuck, like, not looking like an expert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw you coming. <laughs> my theory was that Cody's trying to get me to not look like an expert. Yeah. Uh, if there's anything I dedicate my life to, <laughs> it's uh, making Donnie yeah. not look like an expert. Yeah, like last night when I borrowed that kayak from you and every bone in your body. He was hoping that it'd fall out of my truck on the way home. Yeah. So to, yeah. So Dan borrowed a kayak from me and he's got a five foot bed in his truck. Kayak's 10 feet long. And my hope was that that thing was just going to go falling out the back of his truck. I was happy to sacrifice that kayak just to approach a dot or whoever. Give video. Yeah. Public safety. And I would pay money to see the video of that kayak falling out of your truck. Yeah, man. Not a chance. Not a chance. Yeah. I love that. Speaking of expert, going back to Weeback again, we were talking about those riddles, right? Yeah. 
Oh, from like, Ted Lasso. From Ted Lasso, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like the boot and the boot and the boot. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we were looking for the word. I'm pretty sure the word we were looking for was riddle. Are you sure? I think so. I thought you had some creative word for it. Nah. Okay. Just I riddle. Think, I think it's just riddle. riddle. Okay. All right. <laughs> riddle. All right. Yeah, man. So we were saying that we've been coming up with a bunch of our own. I was going to yeah. throw one your way and see what you come up with. Oh, you got one? I got one for you. You got one here? All right. You ready? Is this one that you had worked on with your, your homie? Yeah. This is a this is a Cody B. Nice rhyming riddle right here. Okay. Yeah. And so my goal is to figure out, it's, it's going to be words that rhyme with one another. Mm-hmm. And you're basically like uh, defining those words and I got to figure out what the rhyming sequence is. Here you go. All right. You on? I, oh, yeah, I did. Okay. So you're Luke's father cutting starchy vegetables for the Las Vegas NFL football team instead of the early 2000s independent party presidential candidate's family. (laughs) What's going on? (laughs) I got it. Okay. Nailed it. The heart, the heart signals. I got it. Yeah. It's very angelic. So it's Darth Vader. Okay. Cutting yams. Okay. You said chopping a starchy vegetable? Yeah, cutting starchy vegetables. <laughs> so Darth Vader cutting yams for the Las Vegas team? Mm-hmm. For the Raiders. Okay. Instead of the early 2000s independent party presidential candidate's family. Yeah. Ross Perot. <laughs> so it's uh, Vader, yams, it's Darth Raiders, Vader and Perot. Cutting yams for the Las Vegas Raiders and Ross Perot. He did say rhyming, right? <laughs> yeah. Raiders and Darth Vader. Good night. Nah, man. So you're Darth Vader chopping taters for the Vegas Raiders and not the Naders. Ah. There you go. Is that a plaza here? <laughs> oh, man. There it is. Dude, oh. dipping right in. Yeah. So, so Teddy Lass, man. Yeah. These riddles. So you nailed one. Have you sent that? You, you should, you should tweet that at Teddy Lass. Put that at Teddy Lass. Yeah, yeah. we'll start sending him some rhyming riddles. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. see what you can get. Let's do that because I'm sure he's going to respond. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, yeah. He's so nice. He is so nice. So nice. Also, probably limited time to respond to a couple of yahoos from Flagstaff AZ. <laughs> Let's do it and see what happens. Yeah, dude. He's just okay. coaching up. He's just coaching up that soccer team over across the pond there. Yeah, man. Richmond FC. Richmond <laughs> FC. Yeah. So speaking of him, uh, he he's the, this new season addresses therapy. Yeah. Which kind of relates to you and I, huh? Yeah, I love it, man. This, so they brought in the psychologist, right? Yeah, the sports psychologist for the... Well, he didn't bring in the psychologist. Yeah. Higgins, Higgins brought in the sports psychologist. <laughs> and Higgins <laughs> Higgins didn't run it by him first. And he seemed really <laughs> torn about that. He did. That's one of my favorite scenes thus far in the season, for sure. Yeah. But uh, it seems that Teddy Lasso has maybe some thoughts about therapy. Yeah. What was it? What was it that he said? So uh, was it Coach Beard or someone said to him, yeah, what do you think about therapy? Yeah. And what did he say? He said something like, well, you know, just kind of generally speaking, like a, a sense of apprehension and a general Midwest skepticism. It's <laughs> 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 just like, yeah, that's pretty, it's pretty good. Huh? Yeah. He's obviously mistrusting toward this profession. Yeah. Oh, clearly. Yeah. Like that's been emphasized in the couple of episodes, huh? Yeah. 
it, which is really fun to watch. And I remember there was that scene where he's talking to Rebecca, right? And they're talking about like, he, I think he asked her what she thinks of therapy. And it's like, well, why would you tell, why would you pay someone to tell someone or why would you pay someone to talk to them as if you're a friend, something a friend should be able to do, right? Yeah. And they ask each other and like, so is there something you want to get off your chest? <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> Just crickets. Is there something like get off your chest? <laughs> No. <laughs> well, I love how they look at each other, and, yeah. and with what with what's going on in the show, you know, they both have a lot going on for them. Yeah, that they'd love to get off their chest. There's a lot to talk about, and they do not take the opportunity to offer that to one another. They don't, and so it seems that with the season, they're gonna. It seems like they're doing something with therapy, and there's some sort of like normalizing talking component, which kind of relates to our quick and nerdy today. I'd say. Yeah, 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 yeah. So one thing that Dan and I we talk pretty openly about is trying to normalize therapy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I guess for me, it just feels normal, right? Because <laughs> it's my day to day job. I do all day. So just to like actually talk about therapy as it is instead of this mystical thing that's a taboo to reference or participate in. Yeah, for sure. But like generally speaking, like, I don't know, I just think of the gen pop, probably think of therapy as kind of like a mystical yeah, mm-hmm. some some different, mm-hmm. very different than you, the way you and I experience it, I would assume. For sure. Also, I think this is one of those ways where you and I dip into like uh, going opposites. Mm-hmm. Like I have a lot more faith in the general pop than you do, which is like really different than the norm. Yeah, it's very true. Huh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it really does confuse me if people still have a skepticism of it or mm. still has that mystical element to it. And yeah, I just have more faith that people aren't stigmatizing it that way anymore yeah it's funny because i go the totally other direction with that right yeah I'm like oh it's still stigmatized and people are very hesitant to go to therapy and yeah how disorienting are these moments where like i have more faith in the general pop than you do oh i love watching it but it is disorienting <laughs> yeah it is it is strange for yeah. me yeah yeah no and, doubt and so people people have that ted lasso view where they have the general apprehension and the ones from the Midwest have that Midwest skepticism. Yeah. And maybe some people from the West have that Midwest skepticism. <laughs> and the people East from Coast the East. have the Midwest skepticism. <laughs> yeah. 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 So we thought for this part of our Quick and Nerdy today, we would try to hone in on therapy and what to expect in a first session of therapy to try to make it a little bit more familiar and less, uh, is mystical the word? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. what if we started with, um, what are some general reasons that people could go to therapy, go to counseling? Mm, man, that can really vary, huh? Yeah. Oof. You want me to throw some out, or yeah, let's hear yeah. some ideas. Yeah, I think I think, man, <laughs> I'm in my five where there's like five layers deep of elements, so I don't want to articulate one thing and feel like I'm not uh, <laughs> conveying the entirety of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually think stuff goes on for people internally that then manifests in a way that interrupts their life. And that's the thing they come in and say, this is my issue. So I think that looks like, like difficulty in close relationships. Mm. Um, I think it relates in like difficulty with primary day-to-day living stuff, like work experiences or experiences at school, like difficulty managing demands. Um, I think obviously like a loss of interest in hobbies and like things that you enjoy doing previously, if that goes away and then disruptions to sleep appetite, I think all those things manifest and someone comes in talking about those things. And then oftentimes there's something else going on that informs that. Yeah. So something internal you're, you're speaking toward, right? It's just, 
Yeah. Yeah. That's just my idea, though. <clears throat> I think, just, like, just piggybacking on that, right? Like, anyone could enter therapy for basically any type of reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times I think that it gets looked at through a lens in which, like, if you go to therapy, there's something wrong with you. As mm-hmm. if you can't fix the thing that feels like it's the problem. Yeah. So as if, uh, <laughs> as if you're broken. As if you're broken. Like you're taking your car to the mechanic. Yeah. And it says something about you if you can't mechanic yourself. Yeah. And are we wired to mechanic ourselves? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, beyond that is like you could really go to therapy for any reason. One thing is also um, there doesn't, I was going to just mention, there doesn't necessarily have to be something wrong even to go to counseling or to therapy. Mm-hmm. And like you're saying, if there's something going on internally that the therapy process can mm-hmm. be used really to build awareness, mm-hmm. to really develop an understanding into your own patterns of thinking mm-hmm. or your own patterns of feeling or behaving. Mm-hmm to understand how those show up out in the world. And then I guess the way I would frame it is to make decisions that line up with what's important to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The way you worded something wrong there, I think, yeah, everything I listed are things that people will define as like either unpleasant or things that they view as wrong in their lives. And it's not, right. yeah, actually a matter of right and wrong. It's like to increase self-awareness and that could be for things that maybe people would define as wrong or feel that aren't going well, but also just uh, general direction in life or insight yeah. into patterns and ways of being. Yeah, for sure. So it could be all of those things. And the thing that comes up for me is like, where in life does a person develop self-awareness? Mm-hmm. You know, where does it, what, what piece of life is dedicated to that? It's not happening in schools. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, where does that happen? Where does that take place? Oh, work. Work. Yeah, when you yeah. go to work every day, there's yeah. a lot of opportunity for reflection and uh, self-focus. Outside of uh, just proving your worth through productivity. <laughs> so go put yourself in a hierarchical system and then just have time to reflect. And yeah, preferably in a capitalistic society where Here we go. your primary worth is determined by what you are producing. Yeah, so if you find yourself not doing this, the deep reflective insight work at work, then where else do you go? <laughs> I guess therapy. Therapy, man. You go, see, you go see Dunny. So, so, uh, you, you don't think Ted Lasso's getting that, uh, that those opportunities for reflection in his, uh, coaching experiences? Hmm. It seems that they're there. He seems somewhat fixed in his, in his responses and approach though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He does. And he also seems incredibly intimidated by the sports psychologist. Which is so fun to watch. Oh man. Yeah. Quick sidetrack. Like yeah. when he, he's at practice. She's sitting up in the stands. Yeah. <laughs> he turns around and, and waves at her. Yeah. And then uh, he turns back around and the other two coaches are like, yeah, she didn't wave at you. And he says, she didn't see me. And the one coach says, oh, she saw you. She saw you. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Seems like she's just playing into his insecurity. Oh, she is. She is, huh? And when she's moving closer. Yeah. Is she getting closer? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Does a beard say something like, no, I'm pretty sure that's just your misperception based on your mistrust of her profession. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, is he a six or what? Dude, Lasso? Yeah. Oh, he has to be. He's a six. He's square in his six. So there's all these reasons to go to therapy, right? Ted Lasso could get some some of that clarity for what's going on for him, why that apprehension exists if he just uh, allowed for 
session with the old psychologist. Totally. Yeah. And he kind of has a little bit of that Mr. Brightside kind of approach and yeah, yeah like people pleasing a little bit and sublimation, sublimation, man, he could develop some insight into that. Yeah. So if Teddy Lasso were to go to a, you know, he were to go to his first session or something, what do you think, what could he expect? Yeah. Man, that's a great question. Uh, yeah, why don't you run it through? Why don't you run it through how you would approach a first session with a client? Yeah, I could do that. So I think keeping in mind that this would be my personal approach. And maybe Danny could chime in or incorporate what you would do differently or similarly. For me, you know, that first session, one thing that everyone could expect is probably a little bit of an onboarding process. Mm -hmm. And what that looks like is, you know, before going to counseling or therapy, a lot of times you sign a, a bunch of papers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a whole lot of papers to yeah, do. Yeah, you get a lot of paperwork. Yeah, so um, in that first session, the therapist or counselor will often cover what's included in that paperwork, typically your rights as a client. Um, one thing that I know for me, I try to cover with everyone is just the role of confidentiality. Mm -hmm. Like that's something that's really important to counseling. So we cover the idea that what you say with me is going to stay with me. Mm -hmm. There are some limits to that based on rules and laws. Yeah. But otherwise, if you want me to release anything related to your, your process, I need your permission in writing. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I do that as well. Confidentiality is one of the key ones. I think it, I think it'd be good to say with that paperwork you get, it's actually, I think it'd be impossible to go over ver verbally everything that's written out. And so yeah. that paperwork includes all the do's and don'ts and ins and outs of counseling. So it's actually really good to go over it, to actually look at it. Yeah. Cause, uh, it'd be impossible to verbally do that. And then also have a session where you're getting to know the person. Yeah. That entire first session will be dedicated toward the, <laughs> yeah, just toward the paperwork. That. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So there'll be a little bit of an onboarding process. And then, um, something that I do again is just like what to expect. Mm -hmm. Um, I always like to mention that therapy or pros and cons to it, you know, for a lot of people it works and it does wonders. And for some people it doesn't work too. Mm -hmm. So try to like, just kind of like, mm -hmm. let's step back from it. Any expectation, mm -hmm. let's see what we can do. Um, and I try to set the structure, you know, like for me, I'll probably ask some questions as to what led to picking up the phone or what led to coming through the door today. Mm -hmm. Why now? Mm -hmm. Um, and then just like you were saying a second ago is really trying to get to know the person. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like developing a relationship or starting a relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I want to know about your background. I want mm -hmm. to know where you're born, where you're raised, what life was like growing up, mm -hmm. what school been like, work been like, relationships, mm -hmm. anything like that. Mm -hmm. What are the things you love? Mm -hmm. What are the things you're good at? Mm -hmm. Anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I kind of think of it as like um, trying to find out the reasons they came in, like you said, mm -hmm. and then coupled with in that first appointment, doing your best to understand how they came to experience the world the way they did as much as you can in like 30 minutes worth of time by that point. Totally. It really does feel like just scratching the surface. Yeah. Yeah. So just kind of starting a relationship. Part of the goal, I think really in that first session, just like you're saying is to create a little bit of a direction. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes before that first session is done is I'll do my best to recap what I'm seeing, mm -hmm. what I'm hearing mm -hmm. and then say like, here's kind of where I see us going initially. Mm -hmm. Let's go down that direction if you feel open to it. And if I'm wrong, like, tell me which direction we need to go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We'll happily pivot or adjust the adjust mm -hmm. the process. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's, a, I do think that you should come out of that first session with an idea of what the general plan is. And I know that, uh, well, I, I think in my experience, I'd be curious about yours, mm -hmm. with clients is that sometimes it can feel ambiguous. Like I, I compare it to going to a doctor at times, like whereas at the doctor's office, you're going to go 
And then at the end of the appointment, the doctor is going to say, do this exact thing. Hmm. Whereas some of the general goals for counseling and maybe even some of like the things you're asked to do between appointments is, has some degree of ambiguity to it comparatively. Mm -hmm. Um, so sometimes I think it can feel ambiguous despite an outline of a plan. I don't know. What's your experience with that? Absolutely. Yeah. I think that ambiguity is part of it for sure. And so it's kind of like, um, starting off on a direction and refining as it goes, like to get to know a person in the story or what leads them to counseling or therapy Mm -hmm. seems to take a lot more than that first session. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It takes a couple, few, three, four sessions before Mm -hmm. you really feel like, okay, I know what we're doing now. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. It's just part of it. It's not as clear cut or cut and dry in that sort of Mm -hmm. way. It kind of is the long game, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's a long game. <laughs> and in society, I don't think we're built to be patient for the long game all the yeah. time, but it, it is what it is. So you keep referencing the relationship. And I think one of the primary things to be aware of if you're going to a first counseling appointment is whether it feels like a good match or not with mm. the person you sit with. Yeah. Um, yeah. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I actually include like a little something about that before I close session and my mm-hmm. first ones, I'll say something to the effect of, you know, a lot of the research in counseling psychology shows that one of the things that allows for you to potentially benefit from this is how well we work together, how well we connect. Mm-hmm. And so in my mind is like, if I'm not a good fit, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell people actively like fire me. Mm-hmm. If, if, you, if you know, if mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not the person fire me. And then mm-hmm. my last great act will be to get you with something or someone who is a better fit potentially. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, therapists are really open to that, right? Like a part of the yeah. process is being really clear about uh, how the experience is going because that's information mm-hmm. for what's going on clinically, whether that leads to being referred to another therapist that could be a better fit mm-hmm. or actually just refining the process that's going on between you and that therapist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so that first session, I often will ask, how did this go today? Mm-hmm. You know, and there can be some questions around that. Like, how well do you feel like we connected? Did mm-hmm. you feel respected? Did you feel comfortable, safe, trustful? Anything mm-hmm. like that can be helpful to, to know just mm-hmm. to refine the process going forward. Mm-hmm. So like overall, I think it can feel a little bit loose to people experiencing for first time when they compare it to like the idea of going to a doctor. Yeah. Um, but some of the things you can expect is a lot of that paperwork and onboarding stuff, mm-hmm. questions about what brought you in, followed by these just general questions about who you are and, and what's going on in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Really just getting to begin to know a person mm-hmm. yeah. and then talking about that relationship. So I came across, you and I were talking about doing, uh, like covering what to expect in a first appointment. Mm-hmm. And I came across this article. Yeah with this, uh, this psychologist who listed out some questions that people may ask about therapy and he gave some answers. Okay. So I think we should probably tweet this out to Teddy Lass, Mm. Ted Lasso. Yeah. Maybe he could use this as some information for, uh, easing his apprehension. Yeah. This might help, you know, create a little bit of predictability and familiarity around it. Yeah. So what if I bounce the question off to you that this person articulated, the psychologist articulated, mm-hmm. and then uh, you give me the answer that he wrote out? Okay. okay. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so the first one he says, uh, like a, a first client may ask, should I dress up jacket and tie? One of my best outfits. Like, should I get dressed up to go to this first appointment? Yeah. I mean, the clear answer is sure. 
if you want to get into a whole discussion of why you felt it was important to put on your best clothes to see a psychotherapist. <laughs> Which, how true is that? That's true, man. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna call into question the process in the yeah. moment. Yeah, what yeah. informed your decision making? Yeah. About how you're presenting yourself here today. Yes. Yeah. Here's, here's another one. Is it normal to feel... <laughs> I like his answer. Yep. Is it normal to feel uncomfortable at a first therapy session? Yeah. And you would point to the six with this. And I was trying to point this back to you earlier. Yeah. But the idea is, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, it's normal to feel uncomfortable all the time. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I say that's a six answer. Yeah? Yeah. Just okay. that second guessing. Yeah, that self-doubt. Yeah. Discomfort is my friend. Um... Next question. Will I be expected to reveal my innermost secrets at the first session? No, but it will make your therapist day if you provide at least one juicy little tidbit. <laughs> Maybe just a little something. How true is that? <laughs> That's exciting, huh? That's good. Here's the last one that he wrote out. So the referencing, like you talked about, the match and having a good rapport and relationship, feeling respected. So this question says, uh, what happens if I can tell very quickly that this isn't the therapist for me? What's the best way to make my exit? Yeah, so there's a pretty good answer here, right? Yeah. So above all, get to the end of the session before you announce your intentions. So all you have to do is hang in there for 45 <laughs> or 50 minutes. It won't go any longer. No matter what you have to say, your therapist will never, under any circumstances, let the session go even seconds beyond your allotted time. <laughs> And then what does he say? So as soon as they say, I'm sorry, but our time is up for today, just get up and say, no, our time is up for good. <laughs> if you try to leave before the session is over, your therapist will probably say something like, so what do you think it is about your life that makes you so unhappy with me? <laughs> Which is, how about that? Or, that's good. That's yeah. good stuff. Or the therapist might even say, do you always have to quit things so early? Maybe that's part of your problem. And you could be hooked for years. <laughs> yeah, get that laugh track. Yeah, dude, yeah. it's funny because I think his humor kind of relates to how some therapists would respond in that situation, like always yeah. reading into what your behavior is representing. Oh, totally. Well, yeah. when you say some therapist, what I hear you saying is me, me being you, Dan. <laughs> yeah. I'm not like that. Oh, sure. <laughs> oh, man. Well, before we wrap it up, just real quick again, like yeah. we covered this first session, right? Um, and what to expect. And one thing that I was saying earlier is just a, this is kind of like Dan and I wrapping on what we do and it might not necessarily be the same thing for everybody, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. generally speaking, those will probably be some things to expect from a first session in therapy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think if Teddy Lasso sat down with you for an hour, he'd be good. You think so? Yeah. We'd just be sixing it up. You get that squared. <laughs> I think there'd be a lot there because my theory about what's going on for him, yeah. I think it'd be a lot to delve into in well, therapy. I'll look forward to when this uh, season's over and you say, see, my, th my theory was correct. Yeah. And we'll say, well, no one ever really knew what your theory was. Well, you were making it up as it went along. Well, I've revealed it to you personally. Yeah. So I've I'll, got deny that. Yeah. I'll deny it. I'll deny it. I'll deny it. Let's just say, I think there's some daddy issues there. There it, it is. It's really good for therapy. There it is. Yeah. All right, man. Well, why don't you take us out by shouting us out? No doubt. You can always find us on the interwebs, on the nets, uh, www.beyondflag.com. Flag spelled FLG. And you can always find us on the IG and the Twitter. We're going to be hitting up that Twitter at Teddy Lasso later. 
And uh, beyond underscore flag. If we get any sort of response, we're going to be blowing that up for days. Yeah, yeah. With that Darth Vader cutting yams. Cutting yams uh, for Ross Perot. Yeah, in Las Vegas. For the Oakland Athletics. Yeah, I'm I'm impressed with myself that I recalled Ross Perot. I'm pretty happy about that. Remember Ross Perot? (laughs) Oh, man. All All right. right. Well, take care. Loveys. 